What's up, guys? Welcome to another week of the Ugly Podcast here with Dylan Weber, Matt DeBerry, Coach DeBray. We really need to yeah, we really need to get an intro song because it's pretty. Maybe Emin, maybe Eminem will let us use something. Maybe I'll, I'll reach out. To Ozzy Osbourne too. That'd be cool. Yeah, uh, Georgia's three and Another just big time win over Middle Tennessee State. We knew it was coming. Kirby could have picked the score of the game. Uh, what was the final score? Forty nine seven. Forty nine seven. Yeah. Forty nine seven. Brutal. So now they're they're on to another SEC opponent, Missouri. But something happened today in practice, Dylan. Uh, I wasn't there. You cover practice for us. Uh, I, we're getting a lot of questions about J.R. Reed. So. Yeah, tell me what happened in practice. Well, so he wasn't there. It was kind of surprising. Um, and, you know, it kind of sucks. We didn't get Kirby today, so we didn't get to ask any questions. But so yeah, we got in there and just no sign of J.R. Reed. Um, I think Eric Stokes was working at his spot at safety. Uh, so I mean, everyone's first thought was injury, gone, hurt. Um, you know, they're not putting him out there because he's hurt. Something happened to him yesterday. But um, reports came out that it was just an illness. So and that. Should be good to go this weekend, it sounds like. They're good. I mean, but, Georgia definitely needs him. I mean, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Drew Locke later in the podcast, but he can slay him, man. He's got a big-time arm, and this is probably the best passing offense Georgia will see all year until they play Alabama. So J.R. Reed is definitely a guy that they need in the lineup. They'll probably – they will win the game without him, but it's good to have your senior safety back there against an offense like Missouri. So – um, good news that will be back. Uh, we'll talk a little bit yeah. about Tennessee State offensive and defensive players. I guess on offense, the first guy that stands out is obviously Elijah Holyfield. He looked really good. You know, you were at the game. I wasn't able to make it. What did you see out of Holyfield and a few of the other offensive guys uh, who maybe stood out? Well, what was it? I think Elijah Holyfield had eight carries for 100 yards, and which is just insane to begin with. And I think – on one run, he had that one like sixty-eight yard run. I don't know. I I'm really impressed with his vision. How he, you know, he'll they'll hand the ball off to him and he'll head one way, but he finds a hole on the opposite side so well, and he takes it and he just goes, he bursts through it really well. Oh, we saw a little bit of that from him in mop up duty last year. Uh, the big touchdown run against Florida. You know, he found yeah. there. He, it was a jump cut. He found another hole. Took off and really burst through that hole, and he showed some burst and explosion. Um, against Middle Tennessee State, too. He was tough to stop. Well, he's getting better and better, Dylan. I, I was always concerned last year. I was like, oh, he's doing it really well. And mop-up time, I was like, is that going to be able to translate when it's going up against a lot tougher opponents? And he's going, he's taking first-team reps this year, and it, it looks like it hasn't even slowed down quite a bit. Yeah, um, my guy, Jeremiah Holloman, a guy that Dog Post members, they know all about. They've known about Jeremiah Holloman. Yeah, man, you've been on that train since, like, December 2014. Oh, him. Do you know the exact day, too? The exact hour? One of the first camps that I ever covered for Dean and covering recruiting for Dog Post was at a Georgia Elite Showcase camp at McEachern High School. Nico Hardman was there. He was in the finals for the 40 against Jemias Williams, who's obviously at South Carolina. Elijah Holyfield was there. I interviewed Holyfield. Julian Rochester was there. I interviewed him. But I was looking for new prospects to write about. This guy stood out by a mile. I had no idea who he was. I went and spoke with him after. His name is Jeremiah Holloman. This was 14 months before he even got his first offer. So he was a no-name at the time. 
two other recruiting analysts uh, who do really well in this industry, they left the camp halfway through. They said, it's not worth it. I live far away. We're leaving early. And in my back of my mind, I'm thinking, this kid over here is actually really, really good. And he's a 2019 kid. You know, at the time, I was looking for 2017. Excuse me. No, he was 2018. Um, but I was covering 2016, 2017 guys, and I would go and talk to this kid. He said he's in the 2018 class. I thought, wait, isn't he 2017? 2017. Yeah. So, um, you get, it, it, it's so far away, like, like you're looking at dates. But he was really young, basically, when he signed us in. Um, and I wrote his name down. I've been high on him ever since. And he didn't pick up his first major offer until 14 months later. So, I've been on him for a long time. He's finally making plays. He's always been good, but Dylan, you know as well as anyone, the wide receiver position is pretty deep. So it's not like it was easy for him to get on the field and start making plays as a freshman. But he's doing it a little bit now in mop-up duty. Um, you see well, him all the time in practice. And, you know, what do you think? Of him? How is he coming along? I mean, I I was kind of concerned that he wasn't going to be able to work his way in there. Just you know, you got Riley Ridley. Um, Nico Hardman, Terry Godwin, a guy like Demetrius Robertson coming in. So I, I thought he was going to have kind of an issue working his way into the lineup. But, I mean, he's even past garbage time now. I mean, like, he was with a leading receiver against um, Middle Tennessee, and he was playing in good time. He had that, a great touchdown catch and that one great deep ball to him, which was a good catch by him. And, I mean, for a guy like that, that's huge because that's just going to build his confidence up. So next Gamecock defenders five to ten yards after the catch towards the end of the game there. He's physical, he's long, he's athletic, he's got a, a, a wide catch radius. So, you know, I, I'm happy for him because he's one of my guys who I feel like I found earlier than most of the other analysts out there. Now, it doesn't happen often, but uh, I, I take a lot of pride in getting his home. And, really selling yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying just a little bit. But he had a good game, and overall the receiver is really good and he's just you know adding depth to that position um let's talk about defenders really quick obviously deontay baker got himself another interception another interception he held onto the ball this time uh but he did really well was there anyone else that you thought stood out maybe at the end of the game where people kind of maybe tuned in elsewhere because the game was over did anyone else catch your eye well aziz ojulari i mean that one just kind of came out of nowhere i really feel like yeah yeah, I mean, I just I didn't expect to see him so soon because he tore his ACL. I mean, when like kind of end of last year, right? I was there. It happened right in front of me against North Gwinnett in the playoffs. It was the semifinals. He was having a great game against North Gwinnett, and then boom! I think it was the third quarter. He goes down. So in December, uh, I think late November. Okay. Late November, ACL, and you know, nine ten months later, he's he's back on the field. Good for him. He, he's always a great kid. Would always help me out if I needed an update and all that. Comes from a good family, and he's a good player, so he's just gonna again add more depth. And yeah, he had a nice. Ta- yeah, I think he had one tackle, but it was a good tackle for a loss in the backfield. He can play. He can play. When he's one hundred percent, he will make some plays. Him and um, him and Adam Anderson, those two have made plays in I mean garbage time. Yeah, but uh, good play is still. Love Adam Anderson. Everyone talks about Brent Cox as they should. I think Adam Anderson is probably the better pass rusher of the two. Still needs to gain some weight. Put a little muscle on, but the length and the athleticism is there. I mean, he, he looks a lot like Leonard Floyd does. Um, oh, really good after the passer. Some pretty high praise. It, it is, but you know, I, I like.
I got him a lot. I think. Yeah, he's good. I like him. Three years, he could develop that type of way. Um, I think he was a five star on, on most uh, sites. I'm not sure. Did you have him as a five star? Transition. I, I think I had him as a high four star. Okay. I mean, there's not much of a difference there. Yeah. He's a really good player. So, again, big win for Georgia against Middle Tennessee State. A lot of young guys got to play, which always helps out. Um, so now we look again to Missouri. Big-time quarterback, Drew Locke. I mean, we know he's got a big arm. We know he's you know, high on the NFL draft boards. But, you know, after Georgia beat Missouri this weekend, next year Drew Locke's going to be in the NFL. Do you think he's an NFL-caliber quarterback, Dylan? I think so. Um, it's a little hard to say, honestly. Yeah. I don't know. He he doesn't like necessarily like have the bulkiness of a guy like who would have a big arm. Like you know, when you see Matt Stafford, you're like that dude's got a big arm, like because he's kind of a big dude. But Drew Locke's kind of skinny and thin, but dude, he slings that thing. He does. He does have a really good arm, especially looking at him physically. You wouldn't exactly expect. Yeah. Him. But he's got a. Did, did Kirby say earlier this week he's got a Matt Stafford arm? He said. Yeah. He said he had a Stafford-like arm. I was, I was like, whoa. All right. And he, no. but he he looks really comfortable too. Is the thing when he throws it? It looks the throws almost look effortless. Yeah. Like he. Yeah. Yeah. He's accurate too, and he throws a really good deep ball. He did it this all last year, and we'll go into predictions now. I'm thinking. I just said this on my recruiting show, but 48-21, 49-21. I, I think he's going to put up some points. He's going to have some passing yards through the air. He's going to have some success here and there. He's going to fill in the ball. But Georgia could be easily putting up close to 50 points on this Missouri defense. Uh, Missouri's going to get some points, I think. But yeah. Yeah, 49-21 is kind of what I'm expecting. What are you expecting? Um, yeah, that sounds about right. I, I think they'll break 50, Georgia will, honestly. Um. Just because at the I think towards the beginning I think it's going to be similar to what it was last year was that they're just going to be trying they're both going to be trying to score as much as possible so I think we could see a game that at halftime is like um, eighteen twenty one or twenty one twenty one even um, because Missouri's going to get their points and they'll they'll probably do it quick honestly because that's when they'll have their most energy but second half which you got to look for is Georgia I think will be able to control the tempo to whatever they want it to be if they want to lead a if if they want to score in a minute 30, I'm sure they could because this Missouri defense is pretty awful. But if they want to lead a 10-minute drive, which I think we'll see more of in the second half, they could do that just as easily, I think. Uh, we know that they should be able to run all over Missouri. There's no excuse. They should be able to run all over. I mean, they should be able to do whatever they want. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And but with Missouri's high-powered offense, you would think that they would continue to you know, ground and pound wear the clock down, you know, keep control of the time possession and, and run over Missouri and make their defense tired and all that. But, you know, is, is Swift going to play? I mean, what's the latest with DeAndre Swift? So, I don't – this whole thing's been kind of odd because he only played one series against Middle Tennessee, so which is, like, a little suspicious because when that happens, you think a guy's injured because you think they're at least going to play starters until, like, at least the end of the first quarter. But he, he played the one series and was done um, – and then, so everyone was like, okay, so he's probably hurt. Uh, we'll see. And when we asked Kirby about it, I think on Monday, he said, not run games 100% ready to go. Everything's good. He was like, we were just rotating guys in. And it's like, well, 
you were rotating guys in, but just not him. So um, I think he should be able to go this weekend. It would be very odd for Kirby to say that, yeah, no, he's fine. He's good to go, and then just him not be. Um, I would, yeah, that just seemed, it just wouldn't make sense almost. Um, so I think he's good, ready to go. Either way, whether he's in or out, though, Georgia should be able to run all over Missouri. Absolutely. Um, talk about Georgia's defense. You know, again, Missouri passed the ball a lot. Is, is Georgia going to rack up some sacks in this game? They've got one on the year, which is not, I mean. Through three games? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, I'm not you know, thinking it's that big of a deal, but. How many sacks do you think they get on, on Drew Locke? You know, more than two? Less than two? I don't, I don't know. Because I think, if you look at it, yeah, like UGA's pass rush is probably the biggest question mark. But that's not necessarily to say it's bad. It's just they haven't really had an opportunity to do so. And Kirby has mentioned that several times. And if, you just, if you've watched the game, you tell that these teams get the ball out really quick. You know, Middle Tennessee was throwing you know, balls in within a second or two seconds. They get it and throw it immediately. Um, so, but Missouri does that too, but they also throw downfield quite a bit more. So this is going to be their real first test, and I think if they don't, if they have maybe one sack or no sacks at this game, uh, I think that's when you really have to look and say maybe this pass rush is kind of a liability to this team. That being said, I think they'll get, I think they'll get some sacks. I think, I'd say two. I mean, they like they have. They say go after DeAndre, go get you some. He's gonna come up with a sack or two in this game. They, yeah, they have several guys that are could very well do that. I mean, yeah, you mentioned um, DeAndre Walker, uh, Walter Grant, Brenton Brenton Cox, even. My boy Tyler Clark will sneak in. There. Tyler Clark, Tyler, yeah. Um, I'm going to go 52, uh, 18. I like it. I like it. Real quick, Andrew Thomas, is he in? Is he out? Andrew Thomas? Um, so he was suited up today, was working there, but, um, he was just kind of standing there. I walked, I saw him at the field and he was like, okay, he was standing with his hands on his hip. So I was like, mm, okay, I'll come back and see if he's working later. Uh, came back about five minutes later. It was just standing there doing the same thing. Uh, so right now, I would say probably not playing this weekend. Uh, probably getting real close to being able to. But tomorrow's really the big day. Kirby said last week about it um, that if he was working Thursday, that's the latest he'll be okay with him practicing and then playing. But if he's not ready to go by Thursday and you know, he just probably won't play this weekend, uh, Cade Mays will take that spot again with Kendall Baker backing him up. Struggled a little bit against Middle Tennessee State. You know, I, I was listening to it on the radio. Didn't get to see it. I've got to watch the film again. Um, he he had one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He had one really bad drive. I think he. Early in the game, right? Yeah, early in the game. I can't remember. He maybe a false start or. Um, yeah, I think he had a holding, and then he let a guy go and who um, forced a fumble on. Jake Fromm, really close to the end zone. Uh, thankfully, Ben Cleveland was able to jump on it. But yeah, and then after that, he looked fine. But um, I think I think he'll be okay. I mean, if you have Cade May starting against a team like Auburn or LSU, I think he would struggle a little bit. Yeah, but against a team like Missouri, I think I think Georgia will be fine. 
No, I took the day off, thankfully. Oh, you're, you're in college. You can be banging off with them Friday night anyway. Um, but I went to Missouri. Excuse me, not Missouri, Memphis. Went to Memphis to see Phil Norton, four-star defensive line commit. Good player, Dylan, but he didn't dominate. He didn't really flash. I mean, when you talk about Georgia recruiting, you're talking about the best players in the country. Yeah. And he didn't dominate. Maybe my expect expectations were too high. He had a sack. He had a handful of tackles. But I guess part of me left wanting something more, wanting to see a little more out of him. But he's a big kid, 6'5", 280. Looks like an offensive lineman. Plays defensive end. Could play defensive tackle. Do you think you think he'll kind of take that like Tyler Clark, uh, Trenton Thompson role where they're kind of like B, they're not straight up A gap, but they're like B C gap kind of people. Yeah, I think he'll probably get work at, at both positions. He'll cross train a little bit because he's got the size and quickness too. He was pretty quick off the line for a guy his size. Really good motor, um, but still needs to develop like well, they all do and you know work on his hands, work on you know getting past guys. He, he was in the backfield a lot. Didn't make a ton of plays in the backfield. He made some, but he, he got past his guy, and he was a good player. Mm-hmm. He was a good player. He didn't look like a top 100 or top 150 player. If I were to rank him nationally, I'd put him in 150 to 200 range, which is still a good Yeah, that's player. very good. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and kiss his ass. Um, but, I mean, he, he's a good player. Still needs to develop, and I don't think he's going to be asked to play early, which is good. Yeah. Uh, and he knows that, too. I spoke with his mom, super sweet lady, and you know, she said that he wasn't looking at the depth chart. It was all about you know, connections and relationships with the coaches. They love Coach Trey Scott, love Kirby Smart. And so they were high on Georgia from the very first visit, decided to commit. His dad played at UAB, big Alabama fan. Uh, his grandfather played at LSU or went to LSU, one of the two. So family ties aren't a thing for him. He- not, no, I mean, they're a Georgia family now. I mean, she said it's definitely a, a Tennessee and Ole Miss, Alabama town. But they've got the Georgia flag in front of their house. They are the Georgia family Rep in Memphis now. So they're all in. Um, well, you, so you mentioned that, that they really like Trey Scott. Um, but you had your own personal time with uh, Trey Scott. Let's hear about that. Yeah, Trey Scott was actually at the game. Um, you know, as a recruiting guy, I'm trying to meet all these college coaches and develop relationships with them and all that. So I, I tried going over to Trey Scott, introducing myself, telling them what I did, and be cool with him and maybe talk a little recruiting. I had my giant camera that Dean had with me there. So he knew what, that I was a media guy there, you know, covering Bill Norton, obviously. And um, but he was not having it. Uh, it, it was, he was nice, shook my hand, uh, nodded a lot. He did not want to talk, did not want to say a whole lot. So it was a very quick and brief introduction and then I went on my way. I could definitely tell that he was not having any part of it. Uh, so a little awkward and you know, part of my job is to you know, let Twitter and let dog posts know where the Georgia staff is. So I, I tried taking a picture of him. Yeah, I saw that. He, he, was, he did not like that. He did not like me trying to take his picture. Um, I thought it was funny. I put it up on Twitter anyway, it got close to like 200 likes or whatever, but... Yeah, he was looking over it. After that, I did not try to go up and talk to him anymore, but uh, families love him, parents appear to love him, um, Phil Norton's family obviously loved him a lot, so he's doing well on, on the recruiting trail for sure, he's a young guy, can really interact with these young kids, talk music with them, talk you know, stuff outside of football, he's got freshmen, he tries to... Have a comfortable feeling around these guys, and it's working. So, 
he's not a big fan of talking to recruit guys like myself, but he's doing a very good job of talking to recruits and their families. So we'll say that. <laughs> maybe he's just not. Maybe he's just not a Matt DeBerry fan personally. Everyone's a Matt DeBerry fan. He just doesn't know me well enough yet. But uh, <laughs> moving right along. Um, have you seen anyone this weekend? Uh, no, because we leave for Missouri on Friday, so That's right. I won't get to. Right. I will be eating Kansas City barbecue for my recruiting trip on Friday. I get to stay local, stay in Kennesaw, and uh, go see Rylan Cody, the big tight end out of Kennesaw Mountain High School. Uh, probably the easiest guy I've had to cover since my time doing this. Super nice kid, comes from a great family, very well spoken, always gave me a great update. So um, it'll be cool to connect with him again. Um, How tall is he? He's. He's listed at 6'7", and I'm not exaggerating. He is probably 6'7". He's probably a tall 6'6", or a short 6'7", if that makes any sense. Yeah. He's tall. He's definitely tall. He's right there with John Fitzpatrick, who you know is a tall guy. Yeah. He's a big dude. He's the catcher for the baseball team. Um, He's got some size, and he's a big target. He can catch the football. He can block. So I'll be there getting pictures of him, trying to scout him a little more. He's a good player. He's the guy that Georgia targeted the most at the tight end spot. And there's a lot of really good tight ends in this class. Tyler Fromm, you know, Jake Fromm's younger brother, I think is a really good player, probably worthy of a Georgia offer. They didn't offer him, though, did they? I I don't think so. They might have late in the ball game that I kind of missed. I don't think they did, though. He's going to Auburn. Yeah. And he's a good player. The, the tight end out of Cartersville, Jackson Lowe. I went and saw him last week when I was you know, checking out their quarterback, T. Webb. I, I know all the guys over at Cartersville, um, good friends of mine, but Jackson's going to Tennessee, and he's a good player. So Georgia really wanted Ryland, and they got him, and so I'll be checking him out on Friday. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not recruiting season, Dylan, but Georgia still has some momentum there. Um, they're training for a lot of their top targets. Tyree mm-hmm. Stevenson, high four-star cornerback from the Miami area. I think Georgia leads Miami there. Um, Lewis Sign, uh, four-star safety out of Texas in the Dallas area. Trinity Catholic. Is that right? Did I say that right? I think Trinity Catholic. Catholic. Uh, Trinity. Yeah, yeah, I know Trinity. I don't think it's not the biggest school in Dallas, but yeah. Okay, yeah, he plays there. I, I like Georgia's chances there. He's going to uh, give Georgia an official visit in a couple weeks. He comes to town. Hey, there we go. That's getting some out of state kids. Uh, I think Clay Webb, a five star out of Alabama. Never thought I'd see the Georgia Bulldogs uh, land a five star from, from Alabama. It could happen this year. It could definitely happen this year. So he's, that's another one to keep my eye on. So lots of good stuff. Um, he's. Uh, He's really good. I mean, I, I haven't even gotten to see him play live, but and I think you'd want him to get a little bit bigger, um, put on a little more weight. But we, we, we I saw him at uh, the opening. Yeah, and you I was talking to you, and you were like, yeah, this kid's really damn good, but he's probably going to go to Alabama. And so I was like, I was like that's, um, you know, I was like, he's really good, but, yeah, if, if he's not going to Georgia, I probably um, won't deal much with him. But, I'm yeah, that's insane that – if I had to rank like the top ten like camp kids that I've seen the past four years, he and Jamari Sawyer are probably the top two. Um, I, I I can count on one hand how many reps that I've seen Clay Webb lose. I mean he 
He's he's dominant. And again, he's not the biggest guy, but for a center, I think he's an ideal center. Yeah. Uh, super smart guy. He'll able, you know, he's able to you know, pull around, you know, on on running plays, and he moves really well for his size. He's going to be a good one. And George is definitely in the mix. For him. So he's another guy who's going to announce in December. Still a long way to go. He doesn't talk recruiting much, so there's not a lot of new groundbreaking news there. But George is definitely in there. So um, that's the that's the recruiting. Yeah. Um, let's move on to 2019 schedule. Uh, Georgia should have a really, really, really good team next year, and uh, they've got kind of a tough schedule. Dylan, what do you think about it? Um, it's good. The the thing that plays well to them is that the away games are pretty um you know pr- pretty minimal and pretty easy too. You got. Yeah, definitely. I mean, our for. Yeah. Jacksonville. At Auburn, at Georgia Tech. So we do not have to travel very yeah. much, and neither does the team. Our farthest, yeah, our farthest game is Jacksonville, probably. Yeah, it definitely. And, I mean, that that's always good. I know that the team and the staff looked at that too, and they had a big smile on their face. Yes, Notre Dame comes to Athens. Yes, Texas A&M comes to Athens. I know you're pumped about that one. Um, but they're again, they're in Athens, not on the road, and uh, that's definitely going to help. But Georgia should have a, a really, really good team. I think all the Georgia fans are expecting a big year next year. Oh yeah. This year, still, you know, could, could go all the way. I, I still don't think they're on Alabama's level. No, but next year is different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two open dates. Which I thought was yeah, I was really confused by that. <laughs> Me too. I was trying to look at the, the calendar and see how that could happen. I, I saw that and I was like, has that been always been a thing? Yeah. And then I was like, I was like, am I just crazy? Like, did we have two bye weeks this year, like last year? I thought the exact same thing. I'm cool with it. Yeah, no, I'm totally cool with it. And I think the team is too. But it's definitely something interesting. Um, I, I, I think Dean put it on the site earlier that there's a lot of teams that have a bye week or an open date before the Georgia game. I know a lot of fans don't like that, but it happens, and Georgia is going to be a good enough team to where it shouldn't even matter. I mean, it's just it's it's going to happen when Georgia kind of gets to this level. It's like you just need to be at like you need every single advantage you can get, especially teams in the East right now. I mean, there's such a huge gap that any the teams just want to get any bit closer to beating Georgia as they can get, and a bye week before that will get them a tad bit closer. Yeah, and again, when I was growing up following Georgia football, I always considered Florida and Tennessee to be Georgia's biggest rivals. Tennessee's not—I mean, they're a rival. They're not the second biggest rival, you know, like I grew up thinking. But Georgia's two open dates right before they go on the road to play Tennessee, and right before Florida. So, I mean, that's great. Yeah. They got two weeks to prepare for a Tennessee team who should still be pretty bad. And then your biggest rival, again, every year the biggest game of the year, Florida, you get two weeks to prepare for that one. So, mm-hmm. um, There's one thing, though. You know, we talk about how close all these games are, but there's no big away game. Like, you know, last year was Notre Dame. This year it's LSU and, um, you know, New Orleans. But yeah, it's next year. There's not really that big away game that like a lot of dog fans are excited for. Yeah, which which means I think the Georgia fans will come and you know, you know travel again at Georgia Tech. That's a home. Yeah, that's easy. Georgia owns Bobby Dodd. I mean, 
that's I mean that's a Georgia stadium. Georgia doesn't lose in Atlanta or at, at Bobby Dodd at least. It, it just doesn't happen. Georgia owns them on the road, so you're going to have a lot of Georgia fans there. At Auburn, Georgia fans will travel. At Tennessee, Georgia fans will travel. Definitely. That's a fun one, though. Everyone loves going to Nashville. Oh, yeah, because people don't even go to go watch them get beat up on Vanderbilt. They go for Nashville, and then they'll stop by the game. I mean, last year was... It was almost 50-50, right? It was a pitiful turnout by Vanderbilt. That place, That place is sad. Yeah, man, that's gonna be. Let's talk about this upcoming week. College football games this weekend. Not the best week of of games. Yeah, there are some there are some good games. Yeah. I'd take Washington. Um, I love the the fighting Herm Edwards, but um, I mean it's just I think they're probably a, a decent team. Uh, the win over Michigan State was big, but uh, Washington's really good, and it's at Washington. Uh, Washington's favored by seventeen. Honestly, I think they'll probably cover. I think they'll I think they'll put up some points on Herm Edwards. I think Washington wins. Oh. <laughs> I was a good team, and then like I was a solid team. Yeah, but hard fought, well coached team. Always tough to to beat Iowa at their place. Wisconsin's more talented; they're better, right? Yeah, I would. I think it's going to be a close one. I think Wisconsin wins, but Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line are just too good. I think I don't think Iowa can really hold that up. Yeah, offensive line travel on the road. Mm-hmm. The other guy in front of you backwards, it doesn't matter where you're playing. So I agree. I think Washington, uh, Wisconsin's offensive line will take over that game. Um, Stanford at Oregon. Uh, to be honest, I, I don't know a ton about either team. I feel like Stanford should go on the road and win this. Um, Am I crazy, or does Oregon come out? I like Stanford. Um, I, I know a little bit more about Stanford than I do Oregon. I haven't gotten a chance to watch Oregon that much. Uh, but I really I like Stanford. I don't think they're as good as everyone thought they would be at first with Bryce Love. But I think they're good, and I think they, they'll win at Oregon. I think it will be a good game, um, but I think they'll come out with a win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's uh, Mike. Like, I think the biggest question is the line's at twenty six for Bama. That's a top twenty five matchup, and they're twenty six point favorites. My, my head says pick Bama. My heart says A and M. And it's at Alabama. I, I think that's another game where it's probably close at halftime, and Alabama does what they do, and they just yeah. take over the game completely in the second half. This, I mean, Kellen Mond's pretty good though. Does he? I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. Yeah. I think I think A&M's best bet, like best case scenario on offense, is they get like 17 points. I think that's. You said that's the max they score on Alabama, 17 points. I think so. I think a lot of people want 
the upset there. If it was if it was at or if it was in College Station, then it, I think it would be a close game. I think it would be a close game because I that that place is it's definitely it's a tough place to play. As much as I hate to say it, um, and you know, I, yeah, and and Bama struggled there last year, even though A and M was not good, and Bama was you know, national championship winners. But at Alabama, I don't I don't think Texas A and M has really got a shot. I don't think. Uh, Bama will cover, but I think they'll be kind of close to it. Maybe win by 21, 24. Either way, I think it'll be a fun game to watch and hopefully see what happens. Definitely. Uh, TCU at Texas. What are you thinking? I have, I'm so lost on the horns right now. Is, is USC just really bad and Texas is not good either? Or is it? Yeah. I was not expecting that, but they got the last beat. TCU played Ohio State tough for a half, uh, two and a half quarters. Yeah. Ohio State did what they did. That's tough. What is it, TCU minus three? Yeah. I think TCU wins and covers and more, probably. Is that a rival? I mean, it doesn't make sense. From a perspective, it's not a rival, but, you know, you living in Texas, I mean, you just. Nah. TCU probably hates Texas because, I mean, so before, like, before LaDamian Tomlinson back in, like, when when did he play at TCU? Early 2000s? Before that, TCU was pretty, like, generally pretty bad at football. My dad used to work there, and he told me a story. Um, one time when they beat Texas back in, like, the 90s, the fans stormed the field and uh, tried to tear down the goalposts, and they couldn't, so they just gave up. If that gives any explanation to where TCU football was at for a while. Um, but it's it's not really a rivalry. Um, yeah, I think more so for TCU it is than Texas. But I think TCU covers. I think so, yeah. I, I think they're good. They looked good against Ohio State. They did. They did look good for a while there. And then obviously Georgia and Missouri, I think Georgia covers. Minus 14, that's generous. Vegas, they haven't been watching Georgia. I think that's easy money on Georgia there. Um, yeah, I think so. Gotcha. So those are our picks. Um, just moving right along to the last topic. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about the Braves. Have you been watching? I've been keeping up a little bit more. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched like full games, but um, I keep. Yeah, I mean, like they're they're choking a little bit, but thank God Philly is <laughs> choking it even harder. And. Yeah, I mean, like, it's just like, like, Atlanta's really just like, Philly, like, if you want a chance at winning this division, like, take it. And Philly's just like, no, thank you. Yeah. He's 20, isn't he? Wait, how old is he? Oh my god, he's my age. Whoa. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. And he missed the first like four weeks and then he got injured. So it's I mean, he hasn't even played all year. Um Ozzy Albies, just seen the cover off the ball earlier in the year, still had a very, very good year. He's only twenty one. Um 
in at low 20s home runs is expecting a little more from that, but I, I don't think they are postseason material just yet. They're going to get there. I don't think they're going to do much in the postseason. They need more pitching. They need more experienced hitting. And then they need a bullpen. The bullpen is god-awful right now. Um, yeah, and, and that's what that's what you need most during the playoffs. You need a bullpen. The Braves have done a good job of beating up bad teams, but when they go against teams who can actually hit the ball, they don't do well at all. So, and they're going to go up against either the Rockies or the Dodgers or the Cardinals, who you know, won the series against the Braves this, you know, the past few days. So they're going to go against good hitting, and I don't have much faith in the Braves pitching that, that they'll pull it out. So there's the Braves talk. Been a fun year. Glad they made it to the postseason. Not expecting them to do much. Um, but then the big topic uh, we talked about a little bit a couple weeks ago, Eminem, Machine Gun Kelly. It's over, Dylan. <laughs> he, he, just, he dropped one more song just to chop the head off the snake. God, you sound like such an old man. The diss tracks, I think, is what they call it. I don't know the term, but Eminem did not show up at Georgia practice, but someone else did, right? Quavo! Quavo! Yeah, he was at practice. Um, apparently wasn't there long. Apparently was there for like 20 minutes. Um, I asked Kirby about it, and Kirby didn't seem um, as enthusiastic about it as I hoped he would have been. I don't know. If any of y'all saw the picture of him, he, it looked pretty uncomfortable between the two. But... He he did say, and I thought this was kind of interesting. He he did say, uh, players were probably practicing a little harder because they wanted to impress him. Yeah, they, they could. Now, real quick, this is this just for me because I really don't know. He's a part of Migos, right? He is a part of Migos. Who are the three Amigos? Uh, no. Did you say Amigos? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I thought you said who are the three Amigos. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. Quavo, uh, Offset, and um, I don't even know what the other one is. Quavo, Offset. Um, Some third guy that isn't as cool as the other two. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure Quavo and Offset are the big ones. Um, Who's bigger of those two? Quavo. Quavo's the biggest one. So the dog's got a good celebrity in that. It's it's good. Um, you know, college football is starting to pick up on the celebrity game. Texas has got Matthew McConaughey out there. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Take off. Take off the third one. Well, they got Calvin Ridley the ball. Uh, the defense is missing a lot of starters. I still thought they played well. 
very close to being 2-0, and um, but they're 1-1, one one, still in the division. The Saints suck, but the Panthers are obviously you know, second tier to the mighty Atlanta Falcons. But, uh, you got the Buccaneers, though. The Buccaneers. <laughs> That's scary. Where the hell did that one come from? No, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not buying yet. I'm not buying. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on the Falcons. Next week might be different, but that's all I got, man. Yeah, that's all we got, I think. And yeah, for listening, I think this might have been our best show yet. Yeah, y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all next week before. Uh, who do they play after this? Tennessee? Tennessee, yep, Tennessee next week. We'll see y'all before Tennessee. And remember, next week in Athens, Friday, dog post event. Um, be yeah, be, uh, check the board for location. We'll see y'all next week.